You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 podcast with Jen Renault. goodness welcome back everybody it is so good that we are here these past few months have presented so many challenges so many changes hearing all these words like new normal and unprecedented but we're here we're back and I'm glad to be sitting before you and our Westover 168 podcast listeners and I just wanted to share with you just a little bit before we jump into our awesome podcast I have for you today at our church at St. Mary's we have a brand new priest that just hopped on about two weeks ago now. we Father Ivan has moved on to another church over near Orlando, and we now have Father Juan. He's amazing, and today, it's Sunday, and today in his gospel message, he shared with us about our brokenness. And it's so funny because as I prayed for this next guest, since we haven't had a podcast for a few months, so fitting that Father Juan talked about how God uses us in our brokenness. And since this podcast is a little bit longer than the others, it's fantastic. But I just want to go ahead and jump right in and introduce you to our next guest who in her brokenness shares about her beautiful ministry. She is a devout Catholic, a devoted daughter, a loving and devoted mother, and she's a beautiful voice for her budding ministry. I share with you this sweet soul Sarah Riley. Okay, we're back and I'm sitting here in a little farmhouse oasis with my buddy Sarah Riley. How you doing Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad that you're here and it's funny today as I was preparing for our interview, I was praying the rosary. You know, today's Wednesday so it's the Luminous Mysteries. I always like to focus on like a, a line and I listen to the scriptural rosary and the line that stood out was, it is good that we are here. And that. so I thought, oh, how sweet. And then I come here and I'm sitting in this farmhouse <laughs> oasis and it's right up my alley. So I'm so glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're with us today because I think that what you have to share is a message that so many women in particular, this applies to men as well, uh, but I think you have a story that will resonate with so many. So before we dive in to your whatsoever project, I wanted you to share with our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. Um, my name is Sarah Riley. I am. I was born in um, Falmouth, Cape Cod, one of five kids, um, born and raised Catholic, so cradle Catholic. Um, I'm right in the middle of the five kids, and I have that middle child personality. I'm the peacemaker of the group. So yeah, we, we only lived in Falmouth for um, a short period of time, then moved to New Hampshire, then moved down to Florida before third grade, and love being in Florida. Went to um, Flagler College in St. Augustine, so loved my time there. That's definitely um, a home away from home for me still now. And then I decided that I wanted to be a school counselor, and so I went ahead and um, applied to UCF for their program and got right in and um, graduated and got my job at a high school, and I wasn't real excited about working at a high school at first, but I learned a lot and I eventually made my way to um, the school I'm at now, which is VPK through eighth grade. So I love being with the little ones. It's it's so much fun. So yeah, that's a little bit about, you know, my family and my education. Um, I got married when I was 20 
and I had my daughter Olivia when I was 22. You know, went through a divorce at 24, and so that was my entrance into single motherhood, and that's what, you know, we're going to be talking about a little bit today. I you know, love to surf. You and I have that in common. Love to read. Um, have been, you know, really in the past three years getting much more um, passionate about our faith and just diving into that. And that's been one of the things that's um, got me through a lot of the hard things in my life. It's just, you know, the most important thing to me. I am um, going to church up in Mims, um, which is in Brevard County in Florida, Holy Spirit Catholic Church. So a couple years ago, I was, like I said, kind of had this like reversion, I guess you would call it. Um, I've always, you know, been involved in my faith. I've always loved, loved God and it's been a huge part of my life. But I would say three years ago is just when it started to be most important and really powerful. And so I wanted friends that felt the same way. And so um, I found, actually my sister introduced me to this organization called Blessed Is She. And they put out materials for small groups. And so first I looked on their website to see if there was any small groups near me, and there wasn't. <laughs> so I decided to go ahead and, you know, that was one of the promptings of the Holy Spirit was like, okay, like there's none near you, like go ahead and start one. So I did, and that's been an amazing source of grace and just fellowship in my life. And we encourage each other um, in that group. So we meet like every other month, no, I'm sorry, every other week. Um, so twice a month and we just get together we we talk um, about our lives but all of the studies have scripture and they have um, excerpts from the catechism and then they have reflection questions so that's been a huge blessing in my life and that's been the past like two years or so what's the name of the group you guys have like a little gang name um they call a lot of the uh a lot of the studies blessed conversations so that was just kind of what I took that name and ran with it. <laughs> and you're doing this at Holy Spirit? It actually started when I was at St. Teresa's in Titusville, and we started in the parish hall. Um, and I live like two seconds away from St. Teresa's, so uh, CCD got out for the summer. Um, I went ahead and planned it during CCD so that if there was some moms that were dropping their kids off for religious education, they could just come to the parish hall and you know join our group. It was out for the summer. And then I was like, okay, well, we'll just come here. So we just do it here at my apartment. Oh, gosh, yep. that's awesome. I didn't know that. It's more cozy. <laughs> okay, I want to bounce off something before we jump into your whatsoever project. Sure. You said that you went to Flagler. I did. For our <clears throat> listeners, I know you guys don't know this, but I taught uh, Sarah's brother, Matt. <laughs> and I always called him Maddie Matt. I love Matt. Oh, my gosh. He was my introduction when I transferred from middle school. I'd only taught middle school, so I went to high school. He came up to me first day, and you know how your brother is. Yeah. He's so bubbly and so fun. And... We just connected. We had the surfing thing in common as mm -hmm. well. and But I know that Matt was talking about going to Flagler. So did you hop on that Flagler train? Yeah, too? yeah. So, well, the thing is, is my younger brother, Tim, I, I hope I'm getting this right. Sometimes my memory isn't the greatest. But I'm pretty sure my, okay, so two older brothers, Tim is the second oldest. Mm -hmm. He actually went to Flagler first. Oh, okay. And then Matt transferred over to Flagler ah. from Florida School of the Arts when Tim was talking about how great it was. You know, when I make big decisions in my life, like I look at 10 million different options and then I make my decision. I think I knew in my heart all along I wanted to go to Flagler, but 
yeah. So I looked at all these different universities and colleges, and but I fell in love with Flagler. So yeah. And then my younger sister went there as well. So four of us graduate. Four out of five wow. graduated from Flagler. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So it's funny. So I've known your mom all these years, right. and and Matt as well. Matt was actually I taught him his junior year. I taught him his senior year. And just jumping on the, we're totally off topic right now, <laughs> but that's okay. This is how we roll. Yeah. His senior year, I had made the United States national surfing team. And I was representing the U.S. and we were traveling to Portugal. And I told them when they hired me, I'm trying out for the U.S. team. If I make the team, I'm going to need two weeks off and I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me no, I'm I'm not working here. <laughs> and so they knew. And then I ended up making the team. And then the, that was back in 98. I feel so <laughs> old. But anyhow, Matt, your brother was uh, my exploratory teacher. Oh, cool. And he helped. Oh, my gosh. He was a lifesaver. Every time I think of your brother, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I could have gone to Portugal for two weeks. And he came up to me and goes, I got it. I got all your papers. Oh, I'm going to take awesome. care of it. I came back. He had graded every single paper. There were like 1,800 papers. Wow. He graded every one of them. There were only three little errors. I, I had to check, you know. Yeah. You know, my name's on it. <laughs> right, right, right. And, um, but I just, your your family is so special. But I didn't know that about all of you guys going to fly yeah, there as well. And it's yeah. such a great school. And I wanted to go there because I wanted to surf. And then mm-hmm. somebody told me it was a rich kid's school. And I didn't look into it. And I'm like, well, we're not rich. I'm not going there. But I really wanted to go there so I could surf. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> But anyhow, a little sidebar there, but you know, we surfers, we get on our stories. Yeah. So I have you here today and you've all also already kind of touched upon it, but you have a very special ministry. And I know when we talked about it, you don't really, you didn't, you said you didn't really view it as a ministry, but it is, you know, this podcast is, is premised after Matthew 25, whatsoever you do to the least to my people. And it talks about the corporal works and mercy. And I really believe that you in your vocation where God has you now, he has you feeding the hungry and not so much with the the blessed conversations group but in what you're going to share right now so if you would share with our listeners what your whatsoever project is sure it's very much in the infancy stages but it, it's been on my heart for for years you know like i said becoming a single a young single mom sometimes we have these grant well we usually have these grand plans for our life and you know sometimes they god has different plans for our life but there's always a reason behind it there's always good that can come from it um and so it was a journey a lot of times it was hard but there were so many beautiful and joyful things that that have come you know through my journey and through my story but what i envision is creating content and creating a ministry for catholic single moms there is actually a lot of information and resources and content out there for single moms or people who are going through a divorce, but there's not a lot that is specifically Catholic. And what's missing is the voice of the single parent. Like even the information that's out there right now, um, the resources, um, which are amazing, and we can talk about those too. Like I've explored some of them and they're wonderful. But the voice of, of the single parent is missing. There's, there's information from Um, people who have been through a divorce um, themselves or maybe like they were a child of divorce like their parents were divorced and they're speaking from that child's heart but I think what's missing is is the voice of of the single mom you know kind of like what you said before um, like I don't want to ever exclude dads from that but I think it's it's more because single dads are amazing as well but I felt like it would be you know more intimate more Um, authentic to who I am and what my story is and what I can share and give um, if I'm really 
you know, targeting and honing in on those those single moms because, you know, men and women are, you know, we're different. And so I think that single dads obviously could glean some tips and tricks and information and some insight um, from the materials, whatever they may end up being. But I think mainly I want to, you know, just hone in on those on those single moms because, you know, we, we got to stick together. I mean, it's it's a tough road. It's not easy. But like I said, there's so much beauty and goodness that can come from being a single mom if you are really relying on God. That's really what I'd like to, to put out there. And that's key. You're rooted in God and you're relying on God. That's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear, you are a Catholic single mother. Right now, that's your primary vocation is Mm -hmm. your motherhood. But then you want to create this content for other people. And you know, you mentioned bringing in the kids as well. And I love that you said that because while my husband and I are married, I am a product of my parents who were married in the church and then they divorced. This is, of course, many, many years ago. I'm not going to say how many, but it's a long time ago. And uh, think, Billy, don't be a hero. But anyhow, it's important for their voices to be heard, too. And also, I think that you guys could glean, and we're getting ahead of ourselves right now, but I think that in hearing voices like mine, not necessarily mine, I'm not applying for any jobs, (laughs) but hearing voices like mine could help you see, sometimes you have to look way ahead to know where, you know, that that saying, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up somewhere else. And so if you look down the line and you're hearing the voices of people who are older, and these are the things that I wish that my mom or my dad had done. So I think it's Mm -hmm. beautiful that you want to bring in the kids and get that perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in totality, when you look at it, that's the end goal is that you're raising your daughter to be a tiny saint. Mm, Absolutely. And that she has the desire to be a tiny saint. (laughs) She does, yeah. Before we jump ahead, what I'd like you to do for our listeners is just give them a glimpse of what a day in the life of a Catholic single mom looks like. And maybe if not just a day, because I know that you share parenting, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful, thank God. Mm -hmm. Maybe what a week in the life might look like. So yeah, so so from week to week, it's definitely different. Um, like you said, you know, Olivia's dad is very involved in her life, which I'm so thankful. I know not every um, divorced family has that. And so, you know, we're, we're very blessed to be able to work together and, you know, we both want what's best for her. Yeah, so if she is with her dad, for me, I'm a school counselor. So we went back to school um, last week. We're starting for this crazy school year. I wake up actually with or without Olivia. If she's with if she's with her dad or if she's with me, and she knows this too. Like I start I start my morning in prayer. Like I have front anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour of I um, read the Blessed Is She devotional, which you know goes through the Mass readings and it has a reflection. That's kind of my non-negotiable. Like I, no matter what's planned for my day, like I wake up in enough time to have that time because I feel like it's so important for me to, to start my day with God. But yeah, so I'll get myself going, have my coffee, go to work. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I'll come home and I'm just, you know, I, I've had a rough day and I'm just need to just chill and like watch something or whatever and just relax, read a book. But other times I'll have the Blessed She group over and that's, amazing that you know I'm ha- I'm able to have that time even though it, it is difficult you know to have that time without Olivia I think I'm just the glass half full kind of person like you know it, I'm always optimistic optimistic and so 
for me, um, it gives me that time to recharge as a mom. It's almost like built-in, like recharging time. Because I know that a lot of moms, that's one of their biggest struggles is that they feel like they give, 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 and they don't have a lot of time to um, to recharge. You, you really have to be very intentional about that. But, you know, I'll call her and FaceTime her all the time because, you know, I miss her. But I know that, you know, her, her dad's side of the family is so important. They're so involved. They love her so much and and so they need that time with her as well so yeah and I spend a lot of time with my family I and mean, we all live in Brevard except for um, youngest one Noah he's up in North Carolina now but all of us live in county and so that's amazing you know for us my parents live like five minutes down the road so I'm always like hanging out with them and my my siblings and almost all of us have kids so there's five grandkids all together in the family so love to spend time with them spend time with friends you know i like to surf i don't do it as much as i used to but i can really you know i i i love that it's just such such a um a beautiful thing just connecting with god through the ocean um and so i definitely make time for that when the water is warm i'm not like brave enough to surf when it's cold anymore i feel like you notice as you get a little bit older it's like yeah no, it's just not worth it the conditions aren't perfect yeah there's always some little excuse like yeah it's not glassy yeah. enough. it's a little choppy it's too choppy yeah exactly. no it really comes down to it's just cold yeah. and i'm not getting in there yeah. i look at those guys who surf this is not a surf podcast by the way <laughs> but i look at those guys who surf up north and they've got the the icicles hanging oh, off their beards and, and no. i i always think like what does it take you've got your wetsuit on your board's ready it's waxed you got your hood your booties your gloves and what does it take to go from being on the sand to taking that step oh, in the no. freezing cold water. I no. just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it either. We're Florida girls. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I grew up in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, but you come down here and it's just, you adjust to the Florida weather. It is just like no more. So, and another thing that I want to add to that I do when, um, you know, when I have my time, um, when Olivia's with her dad is adoration has been huge for me like uh, it's not something that I do like every week or every other week or anything but I've had some of the most profound moments in adoration I usually bring a journal um, sometimes I'll pray the rosary there but just journaling in front of Jesus and you know he's right there in the blessed sacrament and you know just have had such beautiful profound moments and just knowing that he's with me every step of the way um, so that's something that I try to make time for, and I'll go to a daily mass sometimes. Um, now, when she's with me, everything revolves around her. Um, like I said, you know, she knows first thing when I wake up, you know, I have my prayer time. But we do lots of things together. We'll cook together, we'll bake together, you know. I have summers off, which is really nice um, being in the school system, so. Well, hold on a minute. You don't have them off. You earn <laughs> well, them. Well, Let's be clear for all of my listeners who are yes. not teachers. Sarah works 12 months in 10 months. True. And so when people go, oh, y'all get paid through the summer. No, 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 no. That is not how that works. We technically don't get paid for not working. Our check is prorated. So let's be really clear. You don't get the summers off. You have earned them. That is true. So that's my little teacher sidebar there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's okay. No, it's so true. So yeah, so we just got off of summer. This summer looked very different, but we went to the pool probably every day. You know, we just 
We always spend time outside. Um, it's important for me to teach her a healthy lifestyle. We tried to do, since we were home more, we tried to do more faith incorporated things in our home. A couple years ago, or maybe a year ago or so, I bought a book called The Liturgical Living Compendium or something like that. Mm -hmm and um, by Kendra Tierney, and it's amazing. I just keep it on my table, my prayer table, basically, and um, I'll just pick it up and read, you know, whatever the feast day for is that day, but, you know, there's different activities in there. It's not that we necessarily do them, it's just the awareness, and sometimes, like, you know, Olivia will be sitting on the couch next to me and I'll just read it to her. You know, hey, did you know today is this, you know, feast day of blah, blah, blah. And they have, you know, amazing activities about Advent and Lent that you can do. And, and it's just bringing, you know, the church into the home. They, you know, we talk about the domestic church and home should be church as well. It's not just one thing you do on Sundays. Um, so that's right. really, really important. But one of the things that we did was we did a consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That just, you know, means that we're enthroning Jesus as the king of our family, the king of our home. And and that was really a really special thing for us to do. So how did she receive that? So she <laughs> <laughs> she's 11, so she's a preteen. Just probably within the past, like, year or so, she's been entering that stage of, like, you know, rebelling-ish, unless it's fun, unless it's like an activity or a game, like if we're sitting down to pray a rosary, like she's probably not praying the prayers with me. She's sitting with me, but you know, with the consecration prayers, I would be saying the prayers and then maybe she would chime in at the very end for the thing that was all of us. But at the same time, like I knew that she was picking up what we were praying about because when we, it was the last, it was the consecration day and what you do is you put up a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in your home. We were deciding where to put it and you know we had to move some pictures around and, and her input was, okay, let's put you know Jesus's picture here because it's you know right in a central area, but let's also put our picture right next to it. So there's you know a picture of Jesus and then the two of us next to it too. So I knew she got it. Right. <laughs> So, you know, they talk about planting seeds. I think that, yes. that uh, metaphors used a lot in faith, primarily in, in teaching school as well. But mm -hmm. definitely you saw some flourishing, some germination there. You know, sometimes we plant these seeds and plant these seeds and we never get to harvest. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice when you just get that little glimmer. Yeah, that's all you need. A just a little glimmer. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you keep busy. You have a, you've got your time with her and then your time without her mm -hmm. recharging. Let me just ask you a quick question. Does she surf as well? She does. All right. Yeah. So I bought her a board for her fifth birthday. Nice. And she got right on it. And then she had a little period of time where she wasn't all about it. She was just like, meh, no, I don't want to do it anymore. So I said, okay, that's fine, you know. But just within the past like six months or so or a year, she's gotten into skateboarding. She wants to surf, you know, so she's all about that now. Ooh, she sounds like yeah. my little Cassie. We'll have to get them together. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Cool. So you're sharing a lot of stuff that you're doing, and I love how it, it seems to be flowing organically. You're not forcing. Right. It's just part of who you are. It's part of who your, what your routine is, and, and she knows that. I know for me with this time now with our kids and education being changed, I was trying to figure out, like, how can I bring this in too? Because, you know, I do see that with teens being in youth ministry where they start putting their hands up and, and beginning to question. And one of the big hangups I've noticed is saints. 
And I know we were going to talk a little bit about that. And so there's a, a Catholic Saints for Kids. And the video, you know, my girls, are they're a little bit older for the videos. But I, I remind them, like, don't focus so much on the video and focus on the stories. Mm -hmm. And they have learned so much because that we do one a day. And it, it just gives them just enough that they have an idea of the saint. And then we talk about, you know, what is it that we can be doing? How can we model our lives after them? Because mm -hmm. I want to give them the tools, and I'm sure you do with Livia, is you want to give her the tools to be able to defend her faith mm, when that faith gets called adoption. Yeah. In fact, we were watching Jeopardy last week, and Cassie goes, that's St. Clair of Assisi! Oh, and I was like, awesome. yeah, thank you, God. <laughs> so she was like, all right, I got it. Thanks, Ma. Oh, I was like, you know what? Great. That's right, because you watch these videos. Yeah. so. Yeah. planting those little seeds yeah so, and just on the on the topic of saints too that's one of the things that we've been doing you know just celebrating the liturgical year is we celebrate her baptism day mm -hmm. um but we also celebrate saint olivia's day there's a saint olivia and you know i told her the story of you know when her dad and i were trying to decide um what to name her we weren't really thinking about saint names we just really love the name olivia but I told her, I said, God knew that you were supposed to be named Olivia because St. Olivia has, um, she loves music, which my Olivia loves music. She loves to sing. She loves to dance. She loves animals, which my Olivia, just, just today, we were driving at any time, any time like a squirrel runs in front of the car, like she's like, <gasps> like and she just wants don't to make sure yeah. like that I don't hit that. I'm like, I'm not going to hit the squirrel. So she loves animals. I have a cute story too about monkeys that I could tell you too. Mm -hmm. There was also a book, um, Olivia's Gift, that I got for her. And it's all about an 11-year-old girl named Olivia. It's a Catholic book for adolescents and she was modeling her life. Her grandmother was teaching her the little way of St. Therese. Mm. My middle name is Teresa, which mm. my mom and my dad, you know, named me after Mother Teresa and St. Therese and kind of merged mm. the two. So like that connection, you know, I'm teaching her, you know, all about the saints and it's, it's, it is, it's really impactful, I think, to them too. Yeah. You know, and having a mother like you, little Joni there, oh, I love, love, yeah. love, love your mother. She is actually a role model to me. I don't know if you know that. You know, we were on Christ Jesus Parish together, a couple of teams, and just, and knowing her through through your brother, Matt. Mm -hmm. And I've always looked up to her like, oh, if I could be a mom <laughs> and instill the amazing. faith away. Yeah. So shout out to mom. And we love you too, dad. You're, oh, yes. Both you're a great dude amazing. too. Yes. I appreciate every time uh, I think about retreats. I remember your dad playing his guitar oh, yeah. and thinking how special. Mm -hmm. So you do have a great family and yes, absolutely. And so I'm sure that they're involved in Olivia's life as well. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to ask you in that same vein is what, it, what would you say being a Catholic single mom, what is the best part of this ministry for you? So I would say being a Catholic single mom definitely comes with its challenges, but at the same time it's it's so beautiful to see her faith growing and, I, and I'm sure that you know can obviously go for for any mom not just single moms but just to see that you know we get so much quality time together um, like it's just the two of us here you know we spend time with family we spend time with friends but you know I mean she's 11 and we we still read before bedtime together you know mm -hmm. we still have that that quality time one of the things that we do when we go to school is there's like this little park on US-1 on the river on the way to school and it has like porch swings, like not normal like park swings, but mm -hmm. porch swings and we'll stop there if we have time and you know, we'll just 
you know, watch the sunrise and watch dolphins for a little bit. So just getting those little precious moments. I mean, we definitely get quantity time together during that week, but we also, you know, get a lot of quality time too. But, you know, my mom and I always talk about how beautiful this is that ever since she was probably in, in VPK or kindergarten, she prays for the poor people to get a house. That's her prayer is she wants the poor people to get a house. Your daughter? Yes. Wow. Yeah, ever since she was like four or five, that's her prayer. And so she has a huge heart. Um, she has so much empathy. You know, she just, she loves helping people. She wants everybody to have a home. And for the kids, you know, she'll go into detail sometimes if she wants the kids to, you know, have stuffed animals and have clothes. And she wants the parents to have jobs so that they can, you know, provide food for the families. And so it's so amazing to see you know, the fruits of, you know, raising her in the church and her showing others, you know, through the way that she's living that God is number one and and just seeing the fruits of that already. I know I can speak to that watching. My youngest has a little heart for other people too. So she'll see somebody on the side of the road and she's got her own little ministry now where she makes pillows Uh and for the homeless. And it's so beautiful to see our faith manifested in them Mm -hmm. because there'll be a day where, you know, all the old people in our church are not going to be there and who's left. So it's good to see those seeds being planted and knowing that they're taking root so that the church can continue in our own community. I mean, we know that that the church is going to prevail, but we... You know, selfishly, I guess you could say, we want it to prevail in our own communities too. Right, absolutely. Right where we are. So yeah. you, you talked about the highlights, but then you also mentioned that there are challenges. So what are mm-hmm. what would you say are some of the challenging parts of this ministry? I would say that you look around, and even if it's not true, and even if it's there are other single parents in the church, um, you feel like the minority Um, You feel, you know, you feel like it's almost, um, I don't want to say like looked down upon necessarily, but for me as a single mom, like I do, you know, very much believe and um, uphold the dignity of marriage and and all of that. But sometimes, you know, just life doesn't go as planned, like I said. I'm going to interrupt you there. My grandmother used to say this and, you know, when my parents divorced she said later obviously because i was six almost seven right before i was seven it wasn't really nice of my parents to split up right before my birthday (laughs) i'm not bitter but she said later sometimes sugar that was her name for me sometimes sugar two perfectly good people are just not right for each other and just a little side note here i taught your Mm ex-husband and um and i love him to death but i was gonna (laughs) throttle him a couple times back in high school so there you go bub and i know you're listening but i do love you but great guy and you're mm-hmm. a great girl, and it just and, and it was such a comfort to me. Like, wow, my my grandmother, who's my dad's mother, had no ill words for my mother, and what how that shaped me, you know. And then I became a teacher, watching these kids go through divorce and seeing the ugliness and bitterness that I never got to see. And so seeing God shine in that moment and just realizing, like, sometimes two people just aren't they just are not right for each other. And so yeah, that's a challenge. Yeah. And then what are some of the other challenges that you were saying? You know, I guess one one story that I could that I could tell is um, that I wanted to bring Olivia. You know, she's she's always gone to except for VPK. She did go to a private school, um, VPK, a Catholic school. But then I got a job, you know, and I was like, OK, she's just going to come with me. You know, I want her to be with me. And so she came with me. So going to public school, you know, I wanted to bring her to CCD. So we did. But I had a conversation with 
the CCD teacher when classes started and I said, hey, you know, I'll be bringing her, but she's not always with me every single week. So, you know, just expect that, you know, if there's materials that you can give me and I can do the lesson at home, um, you know, I'm happy to do that. Or if you just want to fill her in when she gets there. I don't know if it was like a forgetful thing. I don't know if it was just, you know, she kind of had, um, she didn't like that she wasn't coming regularly or whatever, but she kind of, you know, made it a point sometimes to say, oh, you know, Olivia, you're back. Where have you been? Or kind of mentioning it in a loud way rather than just being like, hey, like, happy to see you, you know? So just little slight things like that. But if they happen more often, you know, they kind of start to dig at you. Because I think as single moms, you know, we're already like beating ourselves up in a way because, you know, we're worried about, you know, our kids and how, how the divorce is affecting them. No matter how well you try to co-parent, you know that it's tough on the kids. Mm. Um, and so I think any little twinge towards that, even if it's not a blatant attack, it's still definitely challenging for sure. Gotcha. You know, and I can speak to the other side of that because my parents were divorced and, and it is hard on the kids. And now that I'm a mom, I have even greater respect for my mother and my father, the way that they raised us. And, and it was amicable, like you said with you and Mike. And I was looking through an article and you hit upon some of the things that they said for challenges for single moms. And it, it talked about feeling all alone as well. Mm-hmm. And I know our church, that is an area where our church I love our Catholic faith, but that is an area that we need to bolster. Mm -hmm. It talked about, you know, the concern about money, possibly for some people. Another one that says is, can I do it on my own? They worry about what other people are going to think, which could have been possibly your case with this woman in this CCD class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, possibly feelings of guilt, which come about and manifest as a result of these little things that... I have to believe that that woman was not trying to be hurtful. Right. It just came out like you're here. Yeah. And so you and I talked about this. I think the word is mindful. Mm -hmm. We need as a church to be mindful Mm -hmm. of what is it that we're saying. And then also in front of the children. Yes. Because then you sit in the car going, huh. And then from that comes all these challenges that I read up on. Yeah. Because I can understand the challenges from a kid's perspective, mm-hmm. but now from the mom's perspective, as much as I want to put myself in your shoes, I can't. Mm-hmm. Or my own mother's shoes, I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and times were a lot different. When my mother was a single mom, she sat in the back of the church and felt like she didn't belong. And that was hard for me to watch. You know, mm-hmm. we, we never went to yeah. the front. We always stayed in the back. Yeah. And I've never had really big discussions with her. So it'd be interesting as many years later, the, the church has evolved, but are we as mindful as, as we should be? Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think that being mindful is, is very important. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And just, you know, just to reach out and just, you know, to let single parents know that they're welcome out of anywhere. You know, church should be the place that they feel most welcome. You know, everyone should feel welcome no matter no matter what. I mean, that's what Jesus wants. You know, he wants us to embrace and, and welcome everyone. I mean, we, you know, need to encourage people to, you know, live a life free from sin, of course. But at the same time, you know, everyone is welcome. And through that love, you know, they will they will come to repentance. And so we, we need to, and, and really, you know, 
single parents, you know, sometimes they come of it and it's not even, you know, maybe they didn't even want the divorce or, you know, maybe it was they're a single parent because their spouse died or, you know, whatever it might be. There's so many different ways that people can become a single parent. So absolutely, I think we do need to be mindful of that. And there's more resources that need to be out there so that we don't, we're not trying to all figure it out on our own alone. I agree. And I, I want to touch upon those resources in just a minute. I was doing some other research and I found out that, do you know that the best state to be a single mother in is the state of Massachusetts? I was wondering, like, where's the criteria for that? Really? And then, of course, I'm scrolling. Yeah. I felt like I was on Wheel of Fortune, you know, spinning. <laughs> and it was, Florida was, we're in Florida, by the way, guys. And Florida was 37th. And I oh. thought, my word, what are we doing wrong? Thanks. And so I try to put myself in your shoes and in my own mother's shoes. But, you know, obviously with the internet, we, we have more access to growing our faith, helping our children mm-hmm. grow our faith than my mother did, you know, back in the day. But I was thinking, you know, why are you, you're rocking it. You are. I, <laughs> I'm you. listening to what you're doing. I know your family. And, and, you know, I'm sure there are times where you don't feel like you're rocking it. And there's times you're like, wow, I'm crushing it. <laughs> but I think the key word there, more than anything, is that you have support. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, we could talk about the support from the church, but you also have support from your family, and you have a strong Catholic family, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I th- that was the key attribute. I don't know if attribute. Is attribute the right word? That's not the right word. Um, I should know that. I'm an English teacher. But it, it's support. Yeah. When it came down to family support, but why else are you? do you think that you're doing a good job? I would definitely reiterate my family, especially my parents. I mean, they've, they've been my rock through this whole, you know, struggle. Um, but like I said, you know, they're there to celebrate with me as well, you know, through the good things. So no matter what, they're there and they've supported me through everything. So huge love and thank you to mom and dad. I love you. <laughs> but also, you know, like I said, just <clears throat> I've always known, I've always been strong in my faith because that's how we were raised. But you go through that weird period of time in college, you know, most of us, I don't know, not, a, not everybody, I guess, but, you know, where you just not necessarily completely fall away, but it's not your number one. Ever since, you know, it's been, I've, I've had this almost like reversion, I guess. It's just like, okay, like I've been trying to do things my way, God, and clearly it's not working. It's not working at all. So I surrender to you. I'm going to give my life back to you. And, and you take over and you do what you will. You know, I want your will for my life. And so I think that has been huge, you know, just completely surrendering. And, and it's a daily choice. It's not like you surrender once and you're done and okay, cool. You have to, even sometimes every hour, every minute, you know, as new situations come up. So I think just being grounded in the faith, being grounded in the sacraments, you know, going going to confession frequently, um, going, you know, spending time in adoration, going to daily mass, um, just being involved in the community, and you know, having other Catholic single mom friends if you can find some. You know, I have some really great ones, but even if they're not necessarily single moms, just having other Catholic moms to um, to support you in the life and the choices that you're making for your family. And like you mentioned before, you know, we're all called to be saints, all of us, but we're, we're called to, you know, pass that mission on to our kids too. Um, they're called to be little saints as well. I love how you said that you make a daily choice. There's a priest who is my favorite Catholic speaker, 
Father John Ricardo, he was sharing a story, and I can't remember the context, so just bear with me, and I can't remember which episode it was, <laughs> okay. but I was listening to him. It tells you how, how many of them I, his talks I listened to, but somebody had asked a priest that he knew, and it was a question like, so, you know, when did you decide to become a priest? And the guy said, today. Oh. And Father that. John said, yes. He had to wake up today and say, yes, Lord. Mm. So each day, it's a daily yes. It's a daily yes to remaining in our faith, being the domestic church, Mm -hmm. being the single parent. And it's hard. You know, sometimes I'm sure there are challenges. We're not going to go into that. That could be for another episode. No, it won't be. (laughs) Uh, But there are days where you're, probably Uh, just want to scream and that's normal that's normal whether you're single or married absolutely yeah a lot of what you're talking about like am i good enough am i doing it right these Uh are all questions that i have like oh i've hung out on the phone a little bit too much today you know (laughs) we all do these things but it's that daily yes today Mm -hmm. even in the moment where we let the day slip away but in that next moment at 8 30 at night it can be a yes Mm -hmm. and send our kids to bed with that yes mm-hmm. to her, yeah. yes to being a priest, yes to being whatever it is that God's calling us to be. Yeah, and something really small that I actually heard on a podcast, it might have been one of the Blessed Is She podcasts, but it was so simple but so beautiful, and so it really stuck with me. So this is, again, across the board, moms, dads, everybody, um, not just single parents, but, you know, your, your kid, you're, you're trying to get something done, cook dinner, do dishes, like your hands are all soapy, whatever, and kids taking a shower, and they're like, Mom! You know, just like, and it's like, oh, okay, I literally just, you know, was with you two seconds ago. Why are you calling me again? But instead of, like, in that moment, letting that frustration come over, you just, you either can say it in your head, or you can say it just in your heart, like, I'm coming, Lord. You know, I, mm. I just so power I heard that and I was like wow and so I'm not always able to do that but you know in that moment that's what God is calling you to do like whatever the dishes can wait your kid needs you so that's something that has really stuck with me and helped me in those frustrating moments I'm glad you shared that moment of reality because we all have those moments you know it doesn't matter invariably I go to the restroom (laughs) and they they chase me. Now I've got this new puppy and he chases me and he's figured out how to work this slider door. (laughs) And I'll hear my name, but I'm going to start using that. I I like that. I'm coming Lord. I'm going to switch because I do. I I make a face, but I don't want them to hear. And I say to myself, these days are numbered. Mm -hmm. They're numbered. You know, my son is 18. He's at college. Shout out FIT. Thank you for hooking my son up. We love you FIT. And, you know, I have a daughter in eighth grade, and then my youngest is in sixth grade. And Mm -hmm. I'm very mindful of I'm running out of time. But that's the reality. Those are the challenges that we face of of being tired, being overwhelmed, feeling like you're doing it all, all these things that you had mentioned Mm -hmm. previously. And I wanted to touch upon that as you take some of these feelings and you bring them into the church. Because Mm -hmm. I, I came across this, some of the issues that they identified these Catholic single moms, and this is what they said, that they did not know where they fit in the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. and they did not feel welcome. And how interesting if we took what you just said, I'm coming, Lord, (laughs) and we applied it to our mothers and fathers who are single, and like you said, for whatever reason, not necessarily just divorce, Mm -hmm. a parent passes away, or Mm -hmm. I have a friend whose husband is away. He's working, mm, yeah, and he's gone for three, four, or five months at a time, and she's doing the single Your military family. Exactly, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what are you looking 
at that as it pertains to the church and what you feel like you would like those needs mm-hmm. and yeah. that support. Yeah, yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me is, and I have a, a couple of thoughts, I guess, but the first thing that comes to mind to me is that even if you're if you're time sharing like I am, when Olivia's with me, I'm the one. Like there's no like handoff, like, hey, you, you know, do this tonight. Can you do homework? It's like, I'm the one. Specifically, you know, in regard to our faith, like I'm the one passing on the faith to her, you know, and so I have to rely heavily on my friends and my parents and, you know, the religious education director, like I stay in contact with him at the parish too, because, you know, he's a wealth of information and like asking him, okay, is this normal for her to, you know, be somewhat resistant to this or am I doing something wrong? Like, should I be like changing my approach or whatever? But he definitely normalized it. But he's like, yeah, you know, you could change the approach, but it's, she's preteen. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Another thing that comes to mind is, um, and I actually heard this, or no, read this in an article, was how powerful it would be for all the single parents sitting sitting at Mass if they heard them mentioned in the prayers of the faithful. Like, praying for all the single parents out there. You know, because we do need help. You know, all parents need help in prayers, but specifically because we do feel alone and we feel, like I said, like I mentioned before, you know, we're worried about our kids. We're worried about like, oh, you know, just so many things. Um, And we can be completely relying on God, but you know, those worries and that anxiety does still creep in. So how powerful that would be. And actually a a story kind of attached to that was um, when we, uh, my parents and I and Olivia, we will ride our bikes sometimes up here to St. Teresa's um, to go to church because it's so close. Um, Actually, my parents do that every day. They'll ride their bikes to Mass. But Olivia and I joined them sometimes, and it was Mother's Day, and churches were still closed. The pastor of the church, Father Chris, he did an outdoor blessing on Mother's Day. Oh, wow. Everybody, like, drove up, but we were, like, the bikers, and we got to, like, (laughs) skip to the front of the line for the blessing, which was really amazing. Oh, biker gang. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we... Watch out, the Rileys are coming. (laughs) Yep. It was such an amazing, beautiful prayer that he read. And I don't know where he got it. I don't know if he wrote it. I don't know. But And even my mom was mentioning how beautiful it was afterwards. But he mentioned single moms in that prayer. And just to hear that, you know, just gives such validation of like, oh, okay, like I'm seen. You know, I you're praying specifically for me because you know that it's a unique calling but also a a unique struggle that we have that we're going through so i think that would be really really powerful too you know just mentioning in the prayers of the faithful and i I wasn't planning to ask this question but you brought it up and that's beautiful and i i agree but when the priest does pray for parents Mm -hmm. do you feel that you fit into that yes okay i absolutely do i think it's almost just like an extra little validation okay when when they say specifically single parents. You and know? I, I can agree because... But I do still feel included in okay, moms good. and parents. And okay, yeah, that yeah. makes me feel yes, good. Yes, um, I, It's not about me and my feelings. No, but, no. but you said, you mentioned, I am the one. And at the end of the day, you are walking. It is a more challenging mm-hmm. journey. You and I share the challenge, the concerns that you have for your 11-year-old daughter are the ex- almost the exact same Absolutely. that I have for my 11-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, though, I can do the handoff. I'm doing it mm-hmm. right now. Then when I get home, I have to remember to say, I'm coming, Lord, you know, yeah. when it's time to edit this. Yeah. I, I do think it's important yeah. 
because you do face challenges that I don't face. Mm-hmm. And do. I think too, you know, in in marriage, you know, you have that emotional support of your spouse, and to not have that strength to draw from um, is a huge challenge too. And that just you know popped into my head. You know, yes, the handoff is important as well to to give yourself a break, but I think that emotional support from a spouse is missing, and that's a huge challenge. I would say. Sure. You know. So you talked about the emotional support, and earlier on you talked about resources. So I want to tap into those resources. I know that you mentioned mentioned the Blessed Is She, is she mm-hmm. yeah, that podcast, but there are resources for just single moms, but you're looking more specifically for Catholic single moms. So what resources are there, and this is a twofold question, in mm-hmm. the church, and then I guess we could say social media. Sure. There are amazing, wonderful um, resources for divorced Catholics specifically. Um, I was actually able to attend a virtual conference and it was all conducted through Facebook and it was recorded and then you could just access it like over three days. And um, so the the three names that I can really think of right now are Lynn Kapusinski, um, Rose Sweet, and Lisa Duffy. And they've all three. Lynn specifically, I relate to her because she's a school counselor and she's working or she is licensed a licensed mental health counselor i'm working on licensure and mental health counseling so and she specifically puts out information and resources and groups for children of divorce now rose sweet and um, lisa duffy they put out a lot of information on divorced catholics going through the divorce process and also the annulment process so They have books, I think they're speakers as well. I believe that both Rose and Lisa have created programs that parishes can bring to their parish. Like they have a whole program written out or it's a video series or something so that there can be a support group at the parish for those people that are struggling through the divorce process. It sounds like it focuses more on the divorce side of it. Mm not quite as much on the parenting side of it. Right. Now, recently I was talking about Lynn, Lynn Kapusinski, I think is how you say it. Um, she has put out so many amazing materials for the kids, but recently she did write a book for the divorced Catholic. It's like a parenting book, so that's amazing. What I think is missing is the voice of the Catholic single parent, and that's what I want to try to add to the conversation is directly from the Catholic single parent and just, I think for me, I just really want to instill hope in Catholic parents, um, Catholic single parents specifically. Hope is the biggest word. I think if you can hang on to hope and you just cling to the church, even if you have some resistance from certain people, I mean, we all experience that no matter what our journey, you know, there's gonna be, the church is filled with people and people are, you know, we're all fallen, we're, we're all sinful at times. And so I think, you know, just encouraging people to stay tapped into their to their parish. And you know what? It's okay to, like, if you have repeated continual struggles at one parish, like, go to the next parish. You know, that's right. okay, too. I mean, God's still there at that next parish, you know? Right. So, yeah. I know when we were talking about this interview ahead of time, I mentioned how years ago I lived in Satellite Beach, and I attended a church, and I loved them down there. But this is many years ago when I went there and for three years, and I was not going regularly, and I was a revert like you. But when I went, nobody said hi to me. For three years, nobody said hi. That's not what turned me off. It's just that's where I was in my journey. And then I moved, and now my kids are at another 
church. I'm at another church, but I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. And so I make it a point to say hi to everybody, especially if I don't recognize them. Like, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, something, you know, a little more personal, like, oh, I like your scarf or whatever, but not mm-hmm. trying to be cheesy. Right. But then I have to remember, though, did I, when I was at the other church, did I put myself out there? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important to have that introspection to go, am I doing my part in yeah. this ministry too? And and I wanted to take that and go back just a quick side note sure. with those three ladies you mentioned who are putting out this content. Yeah. Are they not divorced? Lynn is a child of divorce. So her okay. parents got divorced. So she knows about it through that. The other two ladies did go through a divorce themselves, but they didn't have children in the divorce. So they're not single parents themselves. They had children after the divorce. So you would have a unique role, a unique voice. Right. And again, I mean, their materials are amazing. I don't want to, you know, make it sound like there's anything wrong with, you know, what they're putting out there. It's just more like, you know, the Holy Spirit has been putting on my heart for probably years. I don't know. Like, sometimes it takes a while to come around to, yeah, okay, maybe God is calling me to do this. But I do think that voice is missing, and I I do feel like, you know, there are so many people that could benefit from this. And Well, the fact that sometimes you and some of your friends are still not feeling, you're having those questions mm-hmm. and those doubts, says that there's room for that voice. Absolutely, yeah. So I think that's important. I, mm-hmm. I looked on Facebook, and there are some Catholic single mom groups out there Mm -hmm. and so there are those resources as well you just want to add other content Mm -hmm. as well as what you're wanting to do yeah and I and I do envision um you know I've been to a part of a Catholic single moms like support group at a different church it wasn't a Catholic church but one of my friends invited me it was at you know one of our area other Christian churches But I envision that that should be a part of it, too, at our parishes, just for that connection. And you know what? Like, if people don't, it's not like you have to go and be part of it for years and years and years. You know, it it could just be something that it's just that support when you're in, you know, the thick of it. And then you move on and you're good to go. Almost like, and I mean this respectfully, like a bereavement group. Yes. You know, the goal is for you not to stay there. It's kind of like mission work. Right. The goal is not to stay in that country. The uh-huh. goal is to leave and the goal would be to give you the spiritual nourishment that you need Yes, mm-hmm. at the time. In whatever stage you're in, you might come in and stay for a year and then feel good about, and then your kid hits teenage years and now yeah. you need another, we all, it's almost like going on a retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you mentioned earlier when you have your time when Olivia is not here where you have that, that recharge, that spiritual recharge that all of us parents mm-hmm. need. And the same thing goes when you go on a retreat, you come back and you're on fire, you know, yeah. and then you go and you apply what you've learned and then, okay, I need more. Mm-hmm. And so that ongoing resource, ongoing content, if yeah. you will. Absolutely. And to my knowledge, really, I don't think that there's any content out there that um, from a Catholic perspective on co-parenting and blended families. And so if the two spouses, ex-spouses, you know, if they want to work together, if hopefully, you know, are able to communicate and work together for the betterment of the, of the child, you know, you need guidance on co-parenting because it's not, it's not common sense, you know, right. it's difficult and you really have to think about, okay, what is best for the child? So something from a, a Catholic perspective would be so powerful. And a lot of single parents do get remarried. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole nother thing. You is know? your ex-Catholic? 
he was born and raised Catholic, but you know, has kind of fallen away now. So normally at this time, I would ask you, what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Those are, that's a little bit different for this topic mm-hmm. today. And I know that you have them though, so we can add those in. But I also wanted to ask you, it's framed in the life of the church. What are your dreams? It's funny because once I, once I really finally accepted that this could be possibly where God is leading me to, like I said, I had promptings prior to that, but I was kind of resistant. You know, you kind of think like, who am I to like try to step into that world? You know, oh, I know yeah. you can relate to that. <laughs> I mean, yep. you know, you just, it's so intimidating to think about, but I just said, okay. And I opened up a note on my phone and just the idea started flowing. So one of my best friends, Sam, love you, Sam. She told me, you know, as I was struggling with some of these things, she's like, Sarah, like you have a book in you. Like you need to write a book, (laughs) your life. You could help so many people just by opening up your story. And so obviously a book, you know, I, I love to read. And I love reading books about my faith. And I don't know, I hate calling them like self-help books, but like lifestyle type book. Um, So I would love to, I'd love to write a book someday. Who knows if that'll ever happen, but maybe I'll just start with like either a website or a blog um, just to get that information out on the, on the internet. Cause you know, then it'll just kind of hopefully flow from there. Like I said, I, I would love for it to be something that priests and people that work at the church, like the religious education directors, that they know that resources are out there and they don't even hesitate to say, hey, here's this book or, you know, here's this, here's this program that we have at our church. I never want it to be a question in a single mom's mind of, can I still be Catholic? Can I still be holy? Can I still become a saint? can I help my kids become saints? I was telling you before that I was listening to Father Josh Johnson's podcast and he had a a single mom write in a question of, as a single mom, can I still be Catholic? Can I still lead? I'm very passionate about my faith, but I don't know how to do it alone. And to me, that's sad that she even had to ask ask that question, but I can relate to that. You know, I really can relate to that. And and it doesn't feel like a given. It should be a given, but it doesn't feel like it is. Okay. I know a lady wrote to Pope Francis and she asked, same shoes as you, her child was not baptized and she wasn't certain that her child could be baptized. And Pope Francis wrote back to her and said, if you don't find a priest, I'll do it. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow. Then like, you don't want to lie because then you have to go, you know, but it's like, um, can we just skip that and you baptize my kid? Like, how cool would that be? Couldn't find anybody. Right. (laughs) Pope, what a beautiful message to that mother. Absolutely. But what anguish did she have oh. prior to that message? Mm-hmm. And But what healing was in that message? Absolutely. So short term is just kind of, you know, really honestly spending a lot of time in prayer and just letting God speak to me and, and lead me wherever he wants me to go. Maybe starting out on social media or a blog or a website or something, eventually a book. Maybe, you know, writing some material for a support group just so that there's information out there so people can just take it and go rather than trying to start from scratch, some kind of guide or something. And, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not like really big on public speaking, but at the same time, like, you know, I've obviously with my job, I've gotten more practice public speaking. So who knows if that was, you know, that's in the cards too, just getting the message out there. Well, I just want you to know that when you do public speaking and somebody tells you, just envision everybody in their underwear, don't do that. (laughs) 
I, I don't know who okay. shared that. Whoever came up with that, they're really not. That was not good advice. No, no. And speaking of advice, if you could go back to the 24-year-old, newly divorced, how old was your daughter? Two. If you could go back and talk to her, that mother, that 24-year-old you, yeah. what advice would you give? Go to Jesus. Don't look in other places. You know, you're going to... The world is, the devil's going to attack you. The world is going to attack you and try to seduce you and, and make it look like your happiness is found in other places. But just go to Jesus and that's what, you're that's what your heart is desiring. Um, so just go to adoration, go to confession, um, go to mass, you know, spend time with, with good people, you know, spend time with your family if you have a good relationship with them. But just... Just know that God has a plan for you. And yes, it feels terrible right now. And yes, it's so, so hard. And, and you don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow, but God knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. And he has you and he's gonna see you through everything. And, and that's the thing is, not that I would ever envision my life going this way or that I would want you know these struggles, especially for Olivia too, but I know now, like looking back, that those are the, the struggles that I've been through are the things that have brought me to my knees and brought me closer to God. You know, those are the things that, that have sanctified me and, and helped me get closer to the person that God created me to be. I don't even know what to say. That's <laughs> awesome. Is that this? I was going to ask you a follow up question. What advice would you give to new Catholic single moms? Would it be the same? Yeah, I think it would be the same, but also like don't try, especially, you know, this is not the case for me because um, Olivia's dad is in her life, but like if you are in a situation where your child's dad is not in their life, like don't try to be mom and dad, like don't try to do everything, like maybe find, you know, if it's your dad or if it's your brother or like somebody in the church you know, just try to find a positive male role model to be that father figure. And actually, a friend of mine recently mentioned to me um, or told me about the book, you know, The Consecration to St. Joseph. And so I am in the midst of that right now. And actually, on Friday, it'll be my consecration, but I'm also consecrating Olivia to St. Joseph as well. And, and again, you know, her, her earthly father is in her life and he loves her dearly, but just, you know, we all need St. Joseph. You know, we all need him in our life. And I think this time in our church, St. Joseph is, is becoming, you know, coming to light more. It's mm -hmm. in, you know, Mary and Jesus, and Jesus are, are number one as well. But, you know, St. Joseph is so important and he's, he's such a powerful ally for us. That's another thing that's been really powerful. And I would recommend that to any single moms as well. That's great advice. It's funny when you bring up St. Joseph, I have a friend in our church and our priest told her, speak more like St. Joseph. And she's like, he didn't speak. He goes, I know. <laughs> I <laughs> so love that. I just saw one of my buddies uh, in his youth group. It has a St. Joseph shirt. I was like, oh, I have to buy oh, one of those for my buddy. That's hilarious. So now that we know a little bit about you, your advice to yourself, your advice for new single moms, I want to do a quick thing. It's called Rapid Round. Okay. I don't think I... I know you've only been listening to a few podcasts. We won't. Um, we're not bitter about that. But uh, I'm not sure that I was. I had started rapid rounds. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions. No thinking, just answer. Okay. This is how That's our listeners can get to know Sarah a okay. little bit better. So are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. What is okay. your favorite color? 
Blue. What is your favorite book? Uh, Can't say the Bible. I was going to say the Bible. I was going to say the Catechism. Right now, it's the, the Compendium, Liturgical Year Compendium. And favorite hobby or sport? Surfing. Dream vacation? Rome. Mm. Most inspiring person that you know? My mom. Favorite saint? She's not very fast. Right. No, I'm not. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows that I think before him. Okay, so I would say right now, St. Margaret of Cortona. She is a Catholic single mom. Okay. Who's a saint. I love it. And your favorite scripture verse? For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Jeremiah. Yes. Yes. I love that one. All right. So now we know a little bit more about <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. that was not very quick. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. I probably would have done the same thing. So as we begin to wind this down, and you've touched upon this a little bit, but I want to put a little more emphasis on it, put the spotlight on it. You've talked about how you recharge. You talk about the different books, the different podcasts, along with Whatsoever 168 that you're yes. listening to. But how are you being fed yourself so that you can go out and feed and mm -hmm. be a light? I know you work in a public school, so it's a little mm -hmm. bit different. But mm -hmm. clearly, I'm sure that these people see a light in you. So what are you doing? So I'm fortunate that I was born and raised Catholic. Um, so that is huge. You know, my Catholic faith is definitely what feeds me most. Professionally, every single class that I took at UCF, they emphasized self-care and wellness. They're like, you, you cannot take care of anybody else if you're not taking care of yourself. You have to get enough sleep. You have to, I mean, they even had us like, you know, write out a, a wellness plan before we graduated. We had to actually write out exactly what we were going to do because, you know, as a counselor, I mean, the things that you hear, it's tough, you know, especially if you're counseling kids, you know, it's just like, oh, you want to just rescue them from that. But prayer is number one every morning. Before I do anything else, I'm on my knees and I'm saying the morning offering. And I just offer my day to God and, you know, whatever he wants of me, I just pray that I have the strength and the courage to do that. You know, my morning prayer time is a non-negotiable. Like I said, that's just how I start my day. I can't, I can't start my day without that. My parents, like I said, have just been always, always, always there for me, you know, whether it's like financial or, you know, emotional, there to celebrate with me, you know, for big things. And, and of course, like my whole family too, you know, my siblings and now my siblings-in-law and the kids and, you know, just having that family support is huge. <clears throat> and like I said, adoration, you know, has just been such a, a rich beautiful spiritual time for me and just you know the the blessed is she the the ministry but also the little blessed is she group that we have you know just connecting with young catholic whether they're moms or not some of us are moms some of us aren't but just other catholic women and just encouraging each other that has that has been something and of course olivia recharges me too you know i can have all the stress in the world and then i go pick her up and i'm good you know i'm happy we're playing board games, we're watching movies, we're cooking together, you know, just having that quality time, you know, kids just de-stress you. Not all the time, sometimes right. they're the cause of the stress, but other times, you know, they're just they're just the light that you need in your I have life. a 14-year-old, so if you want to borrow her to see where you're headed, I will oh, share. My. Okay, and so you're basically, number one, prayer. Absolutely. And then your family, if they mm -hmm. would like to adopt John and Joni, if you'd like to adopt a slightly used family of five, my phone number is, and uh, adoration. What a beautiful way. A little bit more challenging these days to get to adoration. Mm. 
but very important. I know when I sit before our Lord, it's so funny. Even just walking to church, I can just, the peace washes mm, over me. Absolutely. And and it does. It charges me and gets me ready to yes. go out. So, yes. And I, a big one that I left out, sorry to interrupt, was um, okay. therapy. You know, I'm a counselor, so I have to plug that in. But I'm a counselor. That doesn't mean that I can counsel myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I have gone to counseling many times in my life. I'm in counseling now just because I felt like, okay, this is a period of my life. Like I, I need that recharge. And honestly, as I grow deeper in my faith, I sought out specifically a Catholic counselor too, because I wanted that. And that's one of my aspirations one day is to become a Catholic counselor. Because there are times, you know, at school when I want to speak that truth and that love and that faith of God into my kids at school. But, you know, being at a public school, unless they say that to me and reveal that to me, we don't communicate that way. But it's huge. If you go through a divorce, that's a trauma. You know, you've been through trauma and so you have to recognize that. And you might have had things in your childhood that you need to work through and... You know, just the struggles of being a, a single parent, you need to take care of that. You know, if you don't if you don't address that, then it's just gonna manifest in other ways and it doesn't just go away on its own. So going to therapy is a is a huge thing. Yeah, kinda like a priest. I cannot imagine the stories that they hear, mm. the sins that they hear, and I know that they do have a brotherhood. Mm. So I imagine with therapists and counselors it, it's so important so that you can continue to feed. Absolutely. So, okay. Are you promoting any projects or upcoming events? So not events per se, but I just want to put a big plug out there for the three ladies, the the authors and the speakers that I mentioned before, Lynn Kapusinski and Rose Sweet and Lisa Duffy. They were all involved in that virtual conference that I went to, and they're all so knowledgeable and so amazing. And they have If you are going through a divorce, you know, or if you've been through one, no matter how long it's been, you know, those those wounds can kind of still be there. And so it's always good to kind of touch base on on where you're at with those. Um, But their materials, their books um, are wonderful. And Lynn specifically, you know, because I'm speaking to Catholic single moms out there, she has a workbook that is for Catholic kids who their parents have gone through a divorce and you know, you can work through it with your kids if they're open to that. If they're going to counseling, you could bring it to counseling. If your kid just wants to do it on their own, you know, they can do it on their own and they can choose to share it with you or not. So those are things that I think are, are just invaluable. And I think more parishes need to consider bringing that divorce support group through the lens of the Catholic faith to the parish. Because I know that there's many, many people who could benefit from that. I love how you basically promoted therapy stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a therapist. It's true. I love it. So with this topic, and you and I could sit here for several more yeah. hours, and I know that you have big things to, do, to get ready for tomorrow, and we will have you back because there are other aspects of your life that we can delve into that tie with being a Catholic single mom. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are plenty of Catholic single moms out there who mm-hmm. might be listening and they don't want to reach out to somebody in their church, maybe for they're, they're feeling humiliated mm-hmm. because it's it's new, it's raw. Maybe they're feeling ashamed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like you did where comments were made inadvertently, but mm-hmm. still were hurtful, and they need somebody to talk to or just get advice from, or hey, what was that book again? And so if they wanted to reach out to you, how could they get in touch with you? Sure. So I have uh, my email that I can share, okay. and it's 
Catholic Single Mama M A M A at gmail.com. M A M A at gmail. At gmail.com. Say yeah. that again, please. Catholic Single Mama at gmail.com. Okay, so reach out to Sarah and she will get back to you. Now remember, when you're teaching, you have 24 hours to get back. <laughs> yeah. She's not teaching, so she will get back to you when she can get back to you. And listen, she has a lot on her plate right now, I can tell you, these poor yeah. teachers. All right, so we're winding it down. We're getting sure. to the almost the very end. And at the end of all my podcasts, I love to be challenged. You know, there are 168 hours in a week, and I like to take each week and go, okay, what can I do, Lord, to draw nearer to you? You know, I'm coming, Lord, as you mm-hmm. say to your daughter. So 168, don't wait challenge. Did you know that there were 168 hours in the week? I did. She did. I did know that. Ding, 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 yep. ding, ding. I, if I had an award, you'd get it. You're the first <laughs> one, aside from my daughter. <laughs> so how would you challenge our guests this next week? I would say that number, I have two. Can I do two? Sure. Number one, I would say just make time for prayer, silent prayer, especially like listening to God. I think a lot of times we pray and whether we're doing beautiful things like novenas or rosaries or we really have to take quiet time and just listen to what God is telling us. But we do both. You know, we want to we want to express, you know, what is on our heart to God. But we also have to give him the opportunity to speak because he's going to speak in little whispers. He's not going to always like yell at us about what he wants us to do. Be good if he'd do that. though. I know it would be nice to be easier. So, yeah, just spending time in prayer and listen to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. This has been something that has been on my heart, but just recently it's become clear. You know, I could have easily been like, nope, um, that's not for me. I'm not the person for the job. I'm not, I don't have any qualifications for that whatsoever, which then I think about it. I'm like, wait, like I am a counselor. I am a Catholic single mom. Like I am qualified for this. So I think we have to just listen to the Holy Spirit and, and say yes, as Mary said, yes. Um, so that's number one. Number two comes from one of the saints that my parents named me after, St. Teresa of Calcutta, is, you know, when she was asked, when she won, was it the Nobel Peace mm-hmm. Prize, I think? People asked, you know, what can you, what can we do? How can we change the world? And she said, go home and love your family. So that, to me, is so powerful. Family is, is the bedrock of, of our culture, of the world, and so just love your family well. Be the best you know, whether you're a mom, whether you're a priest, whether you're, you know, a nun, whether you're single, just be who God created you to be. All of us have families, you know, we might not all be parents. I am speaking specifically to Catholic single parents, but we all have families. So just go home and love your family well. Wow. That was a good one. (laughs) Thanks. And especially in these times where the family is under attack. Absolutely. And our families do look different. We have, you know, single parents. You said blended families. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the world is creating different families. But at the end of the day, what is is it that we need more than everything is love. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely. So we're winding it down. I want to thank you so much for inviting me into your little farmhouse here. (laughs) This little apartment. So when I come up the stairs... Nobody has doors really decorated. And here's this beautiful little, like, what is that? Eucalyptus wreath. And I'm like, wow. I already knew what I was getting myself into. And so thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for sharing your journey as a Catholic single mom. We all should go home, obviously, and pray. But then just go home and love our families, like Sarah said. 
And like I began, it is good that we are here. It is good that we were here. I know that so many people are going to, even if they are not Catholic single moms, there's so much that they can glean from you mm-hmm. and, and you're so inspiring. And I better get a first copy of that book after your mom and dad, <laughs> of course. We'll have to go surfing sometime. Yes, definitely. But I'm glad that you are here. And I know you touched upon that you want to be a voice. And mm-hmm. I have no doubt that you're a beautiful voice for these Catholic single moms. And in doing that, you are loving the kids because you're then the voice for the kids. Mm. And they need that. They need somebody in our community who's who's speaking for them. Mm. And even though your parents are still together, you can lend a voice to your daughter from that Catholic mom perspective that they're not hearing. Mm-hmm. And so go out there and be loud. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yep, thank you. Thanks for coming. You have any Thanks final so words? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, guys. God bless. Bye. What a beautiful voice for single parents, whether through divorce, death, military leave, or whatever separation. Sarah Riley is definitely doing her part to raise a tiny saint and build up God's kingdom here on earth. And as busy as she is, this peacemaker is in the works to develop content to help others in their single parenthood walks, too. If you would like to reach out to Sarah, you can email her at catholicsinglemama at gmail.com. That's catholicsinglemama, M-A-M-A, at gmail.com. Being a mom who's walking her talk and in the education and counseling position, I know Sarah would be an invaluable resource for you. With her message of hope in her own brokenness, Sarah's 168 Don't Wait Challenge should resonate in our own brokenness. So like she said, go out quoting St. Teresa, and love your families. Love your families, guys. And you know what? While you're loving them, encourage them to subscribe to our podcast. We are now on many podcast platforms. Send us some comments and visit our website. It's always so good to hear from you guys. Continue to be a light of hope during these crazy days. And my best to all of you who are navigating the beginning of a new school year. I'm praying for you, so don't forget to keep your eyes on God and be people of prayer and hope and beacons of kindness, goodness, and love. And remember, whatsoever you do, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. So be nice, cause it's just too